Hello everyone, how you doing? This is Coffee Jug and I'm here with another episode of Living on the Edge of Chaos podcast. This is part two of our Purposeful Play with Lego online course slash podcast series. And so even if you're not part of the course, this podcast is going to be very beneficial to you as we talk about engagement strategies around hands-on learning and purposeful play. And if you're part of the course, this is the catalyst to help you hear another voice, another educator actually doing this work so you realize that it is a reality this stuff can happen. And in this episode, we speak with Alicia Bridges. She is phenomenal. She is part of the first Lego education model school in the United States. And this was originally slated to be the week six podcast where we were going to talk about content ideas around each subject area to give teachers some some example work for that week. However, through the conversation, we had a spontaneous little moment there where um, one of your build challenges for the course this week is going to be with these students. So they have already made their designs. You're going to get a chance to check those out. And we're going to challenge you to be making your own and submit it with the kids. So what a great partnership, a great cooperation. This is the beauty of what happens when we share and we connect. So I want to dive right into this episode. There are so many classroom examples that she shares from her elementary experience. And as you listen, if you have questions, feel free to reach out. If it spawns new ideas, feel free to reach out. And if you find this podcast beneficial, official please 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 do me a favor screenshot it share it tweet it get it out in the world let people know that you're listening to it because the more that people listen the more we can bring more people on the show and do great things all right guys here we go living on the edge of chaos podcast episode 90 Woke up at six o'clock in the morning, chilling with coffee mugs, me and coffee chugs, talking education all across the nation, pushing boundaries, thinking innovation, Aaron Mauer, outside the box thinker, here to teach each and every teacher how to tinker, living on the edge of chaos, going insane, listening to coffee chugs like caffeine for the boring, one of the top teachers in Iowa, word is born, here to show the world that there's more here than corn. Chaos. Hello everyone, how you doing? This is Coffee Chug here with another episode of Living on the Edge of Chaos podcast and we are here as we're wrapping up lots of amazing builds and creations here as we've been, most of you have been following along either through the podcast or the blog or, or joining us on the online Lego Purposeful Play with Lego course where we've had educators from around the world and today we have a guest that can actually, I think, provide tons of amazing examples and ideas for the question that I know so many of us have as we start to figure out how do we even purposeful play, how do we even Legos, not just into the classroom, we know how important that is with creativity and critical thinking, um, but connecting it to the standards, because at the end of the day, we have to be able to show to the community and to our admin and to anybody else that has questions how this actually is applying to the content that we're expected to teach. So we have a phenomenal guest here that's going to be able to provide some insight. So um, let's jump right in there, and um, Alicia, why don't you go ahead and introduce who you are and a little bit about what you do, and then also maybe in there add a little bit about your school, because it's a pretty awesome situation that you get to be part of. All right, glad to. Um, my name is Alicia Bridges and I work at Jesse Bobo Elementary. We're in Spartanburg, South Carolina in um, Spartanburg School District 6. Um, part of my job here, I'm the Lego lead teacher and that means um, I run the Lego lab which is a related arts class for students to come in and we practice engineering and design challenges using Lego. Um, that's kindergarten through fifth grade. But also part of my job is to push in with teachers and our school 
is the nation's first Lego education model school. And we've been given that designation from Lego Education. So what we do here is we have um, Lego products in every classroom, K-4 through fifth grade. And part of my job is to push in with teachers and to implement those Legos in a cross-curricular way. And it's, there's, I'm just so fascinated by this, and I know we, we, I, w- I want to dive into actually what teachers are doing and examples, but like, how did, how did this kind of conceive? Because I am curious, because people are probably listening and going, like, how do I get, get to do this? Right. Uh, you know well, what I mean? So how does that kind of come to be where the vision and all that came to place where people were like, yes, we need Lego in every single classroom, and, and let's make this happen? Okay. Well, see, we were very blessed to have um, administration that was on board with Lego Education because they had been in the classroom and they had been using the Mindstorms Robotics. And they saw what a powerful tool that is to connect students to content and get their engagement increased. Um, So the principal was already on board and he actually came to me and said, could you product, could you uh, pilot a couple of Lego products in your first grade classroom? Because at the time I taught first grade. I taught first grade for 10 years, so um, I was at probably year nine, year eight then, and um, I piloted a couple of products in the classroom, and I kept coming to him saying, you've got to come see this. You've got to come look what we're doing with Lego today. So um, after a couple of times where he came in and observed some Lego lessons, he was like, how do we get all of the classrooms to do this? So um, we kind of set out a vision for our school. And we worked in close cooperation with our Lego representatives and um, Lego education came and they recorded a couple of videos. There's some still on YouTube from our school. Um, They did a more to math uh, commercial here and they did a story starter with our staff. So um, we piloted those programs and um, worked in cooperation with Lego and they got to see everything we were doing at our school and how well we were implementing all their products, how well we were following their um, four C's for their lessons, that they like those to be in each lesson that you do with LEGO. So once LEGO Education got on board with us and we were able to show our commitment and our enthusiasm for them, um, we just kind of worked out a plan for a school and started getting grant funding to provide more um, resources for acquiring the LEGO. And then once we got those in place, we started like third through fifth grade, putting Lego kits in the room, training the teachers, um, getting the curriculum we want mapped out with the classrooms, and then kind of trickled down second grade, what product is the best fit, how can they best utilize it, train the teachers, and then move back down to first grade. So eventually, over the process of about three years, we have put Lego classroom, each classroom, a Lego product. That's awesome. That's that's so cool. I'm sitting here like jealous. Like I I need I need a Lego model school here in Iowa. Uh, so it's, it, it it's, was our <laughs> it was our brainchild. I'm so proud. Like whenever I tell anyone my job is to um, teach kids how to engineer with Lego, they're like, "That's a job? You get paid?" <laughs> Yeah. I'm like, yeah, isn't that the coolest thing you've ever heard? Yeah, it's a pretty sweet gig. <laughs> yeah. So, so let's dive into to some examples because I know one of the things that every teacher is trying to figure out is I don't, I've, 
I don't know that there's any teacher that would disagree the power of Lego and, and hands-on learning and play and all that in the classroom. But I know sometimes there's so much on our plate. Um, there, there's so many yeah. things that, you know, the outside is pressuring us that sometimes it, it does fall to the wayside because it's, it's, it's a hard and sometimes slippery slope to try to figure out how do I do this in math? How do I do this with literacy? You know, and those types right. of things. And so um, I don't know where you want to start because I'm sure you've got examples for days and, and maybe pick some of the ones that um, you know, resonate the most or however you want to frame it. Let's just maybe break down some examples of, of what's going on in your school, how teachers are using in the classroom for those like content connections, because sure. that is, I think the, the, the golden ticket for so many people listening in on, on this podcast. Okay. Well, we started implementing Lego education products in third through fifth grades. And in South Carolina, those are our state mandated tested grades. So we had to make sure from the start that we weren't just playing with Lego. We were actually addressing content standards, you know, and um, we started out with third through fifth. And one of the biggest things that we found was a high correlation to Lego usage and literacy. Hmm. Um, the students, uh, for example, can build models of nonfiction books that they're reading so that they can go in and read a nonfiction book and then they've built a model that goes along with content they learned from the nonfiction book. Um, any fiction that they read, it's great for them to work on their story comprehension with Lego. When they build a model of a story they've read and they can say, this is the setting, these are the characters, this is the um, turning point of the story, um, these are the events that change the character throughout the story. When they can point those out in the Lego build, you know they have that comprehension. Yeah, of the yeah. And not not to interrupt, I want to keep going, but I, but so so as kids do that, what's the the flow of the classroom like? Is that just um, like a a sheet with tons of Legos piled in the middle? Does every kid have their own kit? Are they are they structured with with you know x amount of pieces? Like how does that work in in terms of they that, have that some build? amazing kits. Um, LegoEducation.com is a great resource to look on if you're interested in what kinds of kits they already provide. Now, if you really wanted to, you could go the opposite route and do a Lego drive where you ask your parents to bring in your used Legos and you can work those in too. Okay. But the kids really love the kits that come with the minifigures and the scenery. Like those are what motivate the, the students to listen and kind of comprehend the story because they know later they're going to be able to build the whole elaborate set out of the story. Gotcha. Um, but classes typically will structure a Lego lesson for about 45 minutes. Okay. So they'll do a um, kind of a pre-warm-up where they make a connection to the content they've been learning. And then they'll tell the students what they want them to construct out of Legos. And then they'll have a construction time. It's normally team-oriented challenge um, where they'll say, like, okay, in this story you're going to – you guys are going to build the first story we read, which was the fiction. And you guys are going to build the second story we read, which was a nonfiction. And then you're going to work together to compare and contrast those two stories after you've built your Lego build. So we always try to have, like they've said, the four C's of Lego, which is connect, construct, communicate, and continue. So once they've done their building, their construction, and they are working together with another group and comparing those builds they're communicating with each other and then the last one is always continue so typically with when you're working with literacy the continue is a writing that the students do okay like looking back at their lego build do a 
do a writing component of it. And so then do you guys have like, I mean, I'm just curious, like in the classroom, do you guys have like, like, cameras and stuff that they that they like document and take a picture of their build and then they write underneath it is it just on paper i mean and so how does like uh so a, a teacher's listening to this and they're they're going oh my gosh like, i can i can do this i actually could actually hear this i hear this idea from alicia i i know i can do it but i gotta prove that learning occurred so when you talk about that writing like what are, what are some ways in which the teachers capture um that that literacy piece through, through the writing um, it can be as simple as you have a Lego build and you give each student a note card and they write their writing out on the note card and it goes nicely with a little Lego build. Sometimes they even prop it up beside the Lego build. Um, if you want to get a little more advanced or high tech, I love Padlet for this. Um, my school has one-to-one -one student laptops, so they have an access to their camera on their laptop and they're able to get on a Padlet and um, just post a picture of the Lego build they did. And then they're able to caption that picture with writing that they type themselves. Um, if your school uh, will let you choose your own um, sources for interacting with parents, Seesaw is an excellent resource to use for this. Um, the kids can get as early as first and second grade, I've seen them, to use the, their laptops on Seesaw to capture a Lego build and then um, do a writing yeah. component. That's awesome. Yeah, and I know there's so many teachers that are using seesaw in some capacity so those and padlet we've all used so those those are great right. and entry the points kids will say um sometimes when they're in lego lab with me i want to take this build home and show my parents and i'm like <laughs> that's not gonna happen but what we will do is take a picture of the build i'll post it somewhere where your parent can see it so right. seesaw's great for that padlet's great for that you know sharing out to an authentic audience is good for the students yeah and so um not to jump complete shit, but I know like before we hit record, you you had mentioned quickly that one of the things you guys have a you do open house twice a year for people to come in, and you had mentioned um, one of the ideas that I am curious to know more about. You said it, it blows people's minds when you talk about you can use Legos for the, the concept of prepositions, and so yes. um, I didn't know if you could maybe talk about that because sure, you, that you... was in a first grade class this okay. school year. Um, one of their standards is children know the prepositions and how to how to use those in language so of course um they built a lego model and their lego model had to demonstrate a preposition mm -hmm. so we had a student build um like bunk beds out of lego and the student put the little minifigure on the bunk bed but their brother was on the lego build above them but they were also on so they had to think of as many prepositions as they could and they'd build like oh this is a teddy bear it's beside the bunk bed ah. so they built as many prepositions as they could um into their lego build and then they had to write a story with as many prepositions in the story as they could i love that i love that yeah it's just i mean once again it just the idea just makes so much sense when you hear it, you know, and, right. and you can see applied. how it connects with kids. Yeah. Yeah. It's applied knowledge. So not only are you sitting in this classroom and you're learning all these things now apply it, you know, so that, that really tells as an educator, that tells you how many of your students 100% get the content because if they cannot show you 
with Lego, then they really don't understand it. Mm, that's a good point. Yeah, yeah, very valid. I know I do some workshops with, with educators, and we talk about, I show one way to do, kind of do a formative assessment where we, we cram five or six pieces together randomly, and then we kind of do this thing where you give them a topic, and in a group, they all have to explain how this abstract build is the answer to the prompt. You know, so it's kind of taking this abstract, this metaphor type idea, but applying it to the concrete. So can you take these five pieces that are random that you put together and explain how this is a run-on sentence, you know, and now you have to really kind of work right. through that. And if you can do it, then you know you've got it, you know, and if not, then we know we need to maybe go back. And But I like the idea of having the materials available where they can build specific builds, like the idea of a bunk bed where a kid's on or be shot, you know, those types of things. I think is, there's, there's a real power to that, too. Right. Um, they, they got to pick their own builds. So one of them also built, like, a little doghouse. <laughs> And the dog was in the doghouse, and then a bird was on top of the doghouse. It was neat. Yeah, yeah. Um, another thing, speaking of assessments, um, a lot of my, my teachers here use Lego as a pre-assessment when they start a unit. Mm. So they'll get out their kits, and they'll say, um, we're going to start our Civil War unit. Build a Lego build about the Civil War. Show me what you know. And then there's one thing, the one trick that we use. If you don't know anything about the Civil War, just get a base plate and put one red brick in the middle. And then I'll know. You don't know anything about the Civil War, so I've got to start from the very beginning. Now, if you're building these elaborate battle scenes, <laughs> then we right. know where to start. <laughs> yeah, no, I like that. And that's really, just again, another little trick, that idea of putting the red brick in the middle. I mean, it's any any educator listening is going that's brilliant you know because uh, we know like how do we do this how do we quickly assess the room and what do we do for those kids that don't know anything as well as those that could probably build for you know three hours straight uh because oh, and that's one thing that you <laughs> must do when you implement lego you have to set a time limit for your builds because they will they'll ask you to skip recess to continue working on a lego build mm. so you got to say okay we have 20 minutes to accomplish this don't get too elaborate so. right right and i think that's that, that's a key piece too is understanding the constraints and then it helps kids understand that time management too like you know there's there's things just in every aspect of life that we you know i would love to drink coffee in the morning for four hours unfortunately i don't have that much time in the morning cause i actually have to go to work and get my kids to school and you know and so yeah. um all those things that kind of kind of come with things as, as we go through so um yeah another another great idea so we'll what are some, some some other examples? I know we're bouncing all around, but you know, when we have this time, I, I want to you know steal as many ideas as I can because uh, I think so many people are going to just be be loving this. And um, so we talked literacy a little bit. What about some other examples that Legos being used in in, in other content areas? Uh, well, let's talk briefly about math. Um, when you are starting, even with the early childhood education, I think Lego is a natural manipulative for students for math. Um, when we piloted the more to math um, product in our school, we saw that the students naturally took to that as a manipulative for math. Um, they do have, there's a, an excellent educator out of um, North Carolina, Dr. Shirley Disler, and she has some um, bricks for math uh, curriculum that she's developed. Um, since they no longer make the more to math for Lego education, that would be a great resource that teachers could check out if they wanted um, a current available curriculum for math with Lego. Um, and she covers, I want to say, um, a lot of third through fifth grade content. But um, the, the Legos, I think, just naturally lend themselves to sorting, sequencing. Um, you can number 
number recognition, counting. Um, one thing that you could do, you sort by different attributes with Lego. You can say um, sort by the shape, sort by the number of studs, sort by the color. So that's really um, good for early childhood learning. Um, you can do a lot of graphing with Lego. A lot of people don't think about that concept, but how easy is it to make a bar graph, even using the Duplo Legos right. for, the, for the early students? Like even as simple as, okay, if you want choice one for lunch, grab a yellow Lego. And if you want choice two for lunch, grab a blue Lego. <laughs> and then you've got a graph instantly and you can compare those and it gives them a concrete way to visualize how many more of this choice than that lunch choice because it's three bricks taller so obviously it's three more you right. know right it's a lot easier to comprehend for for the younger students no i really i really like that and so as as you're going through you know i'm thinking through you guys are using lego in, in a lot of disciplines um at all the different grade levels um something that I was thinking as you're sharing all these ideas and they're so good is how do you keep interest or engagement with it? Cause I guess something that I see, you know, in, in a lot of schools here, even where I worked at, at when I worked at a middle school for, for 14 years is if we came across something that we thought was really awesome and exciting and the kids came in, they're like, Oh, we've been doing that elementary for four years. Like we're, we're so over this, you know? Um, so how, how do you help that they don't have the same product in every grade level? Okay. So, like, in, in kindergarten and first, I mean, in 4K and 5K, they have the big Duplo blocks. And then when they get to first grade, they move to the smaller blocks, um, the Lego bricks that are, you know, the normal size. And they're different kits, so they are more better utilized for different things, gotcha. you know. Um, the first grade kit is really based on um, allowing them to do number patterns and show story problems in their math um, work. So it has a lot of small one units and 10 units for them to, to use them as manipulatives during math lessons. Um, and they didn't have that in kindergarten. They just gotcha. had the regular big Duplo blocks. Um, and as they move on up, you know, they're able to grasp more, co more um, complex concepts in each subject matter as well. So I think that's one thing with Lego, you learn how to make something easy and then it just fuels your imagination for oh i can make the next bigger harder more complicated <laughs> thing so yeah now do you guys do anything in terms of like teaching um like build techniques or things like that is it really just letting them kind of build I however they time with lego lab i do some time in lego lab okay. because we do have the lego lab which is a related arts class for them so when they come in here like today we are making um lego candy dispensers hmm. So we're looking at a couple of online tutorials about students who have made online candy dispensers made by children and they posted them online and we've looked up, looked them up and um, looked at their examples and we talk a little bit about their build technique, you know, how when they have put something, a structure on top of a smaller structure, how can you stabilize that so that when you go to pull the candy dispenser level lever, it won't collapse your whole build, you know. And how do you strengthen it as you build and how you want to interlock your sides as you're building so that it, you know, provides stability. Yeah. And so I know um, we talked to you a little bit before, I think, I don't, before we hit, hit record, you talked about how twice a year you guys do an open house to bring in, you know, the, the community and parents to kind of see what's going on or maybe it's other schools. Um, yeah, you typically can... other schools and administrators, okay. you know, we've even done as far as the 
a couple of states away, they've come to see what we're doing here with Lego. So, so what have been the things that when you guys are on display or you're showing your school and showing the, the capabilities that people walk away with going, oh, my gosh, like this, this is it? Because I think one of, the, one of the things that is always a constant struggle is the people who have the purchasing power, the people who you need to seek approval for. It's not that they're anti-Lego. It's not that they're anti-play and hands-on. They just don't have the experience with it. Right. So, I think when they come and see it, it connected to content is, okay. is really the key thing. So, like, example, when they came to um, the 4K classroom and they saw that they had the um, – Legos and they were sorting by color and then they had the Legos that they were working through the sequence of a book and then they have Lego at another station where they're building number towers to equal equivalent numbers. Um, then they move on to 5k and they see they're doing community helper builds in 5k and they're making graphs and then they move on to first grade and they're applying content knowledge from a nonfiction story or they're showing a number pattern build to show you know a solid number sense in first grade. They move on to second grade, and they're building their spelling words out of Lego. Mm. Um, so they, they're just seeing Lego stretched across the whole curriculum. Um, third grade, uh, can, they can build a lot of – they do a lot of their um, social studies content through their Lego. Mm. They had the uh, story starter kits from Lego, um, and now we've been replacing those since they've been phased out with the uh, community kits from Lego. And they have a lot of the minifigures so they can build scenes from history and scenes from social studies. I know they study the Native American tribes and they study um, South Carolina history here in um, South Carolina in third grade. And they're able to show a lot of events, you know, okay. through those kits. Gotcha. Um, fourth grade, they're really great about representing some abstract science content. Um, like they've done the different... Uh, severe weather patterns they've done um, builds that show the different clouds formations um, and then they really work through the whole school one thing that impresses people is our students critical thinking skills and their partnership skills um, being able to work in teams because everything is teamwork when they get out the lego kits yeah yeah and so something that I always struggle with, and I don't know um, how you guys handle it, but you, we know we talk about the critical thinking and the communication, and obviously I know your your kids are probably rocking it by the opportunities that they have. Like, And I, don't, I personally feel like you shouldn't put a number on it. Like, you just, like, who are we to judge how these things are? But do you guys measure the success, or do you guys measure, like, the – you know, do you have to do any sort of assessments or rubric taking on, on kids like creativity or critical thinking, or is that just uh, uh, just part of the system and, and, and you don't measure it? I mean, everybody's different, but I know there seems to be a lot of push of trying to put a number to this, which I'm right. personally it's, not a fan of, but I also know it's a reality for a lot of schools and for people to try to prove that kids can actually think on their own and communicate. Right. It's not very easy to show with quantitative data that right. a kid can be a, a problem solver or you know, that they're um, increasing with their team working skills. Now, I, I do, um, in Lego Lab, I do issue grades on their report card, and that factors into my grading because everything we do in here is a team engineering challenge. So um, I have rubrics for, um, here's a little rubric right here, Lego design challenge in the Lego Lab. And one of the things that they get points for is they used all steps of the engineering and design process. Um, 
came, came up with an original design of their own is another thing they get mm, points for. Yep. I guess that's grading their creativity. All team members had a voice during the planning stage, so that's something they get um, get theirs for. Submitted a plan via Nearpod, so if they're able to do that, they get point a point for that. Um, all team members had a job during building, mm. so that's one. Yeah, yeah. Kind of make it a little bit more measurable. Uh, presentation was given to the class, so that's part of their um, getting communication skills in. Sure. And the product was produced that met specifications, so if they're able to do all of those things. No, yeah, and I like the I like the because those are specific enough that you know you can actually observe. Kind of those. Yes, yes, and I think you know it goes back to I mean those are the things that that we're being asked to to find about what kids are capable of doing and not doing, and that teamwork stuff if you know um, is so vital. Yeah, you know, I but, think being a first grade teacher before this, I'm a fan of checklists. Yes. So. Me being able to say, <laughs> oh yeah, I can make that into a checklist. I can make anything into a checklist. Yeah. So, so a teacher's listening in on on this, and they're they're hearing all these crazy awesome ideas. What what's your advice if someone's going, okay, I want to get started in this? Uh, you know, where I've been building with some Legos, I, I'm I'm ready to dive in and 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 see what this is all about. Um, so, where would you recommend um, someone starting in order to try to showcase? That this is meaningful learning. It's not just glorified recess in the classroom. That we know it's not. It's not brain break time. Um, this is actually legit learning. Right. What are some beginner steps for for them to uh, start this journey? I would say it really depends on what content level they teach. Now, if you're a third, fourth, or fifth grade teacher and you are heavy in science and math, I'm going to recommend that you write a donors choose grant for a We Do 2.0 kit. And just get one. See if you like it or not. It comes with some great um, pre, pre-written pre lessons for you that are very good with being STEAM-oriented. Mm-hmm. So um, you could click through their lessons, find something you like, see if it links to your content. I found that a lot of their lessons are great for being on par with the South Carolina curriculum standards. So um, I think they're based on the national science standards. Yeah. So it should be pretty solid stuff there right um now i would say if you are a kindergarten 4k teacher i'd say the exact same plan go to donors choose and put in a plan for um try to write a grant for steam park is a great Mm. product from lego education um they also have the coding express which my 4k and my 5k students here at jesse bobo love um that's a great way to introduce coding too if you're interested in doing that. Yeah. Um, if you are first or second grade or third grade, I would say do a donor's choose grant for one box of community Lego education sets and use that to integrate with your literacy or math word problems or sure, sure. anything. No, that's <laughs> Once great. you get the ball rolling here, you just kind of see how many possibilities there are in just one box of Lego. Right, right. And I think that's the key is you just have to get immersed with it and, and like you said, just get one kit and, and get it out there and see what happens. And like anything, once we experience it, we don't usually need any more convincing. We know we have something really powerful. Um, and the kids are going to be begging for more, which is something that we all want more in our classroom because we know that eliminates so many of the issues that come when kids become disengaged. That is so true because I have <laughs> – I can honestly say this school year is almost over and I may have written two referrals. 
at all this school year. Because when they come in Lego Lab, they're not worried about entertaining each other or being the class clown. They're worried about what can I build with Lego today? (laughs) And just, I haven't really had any discipline problems this school year. Yeah, yeah. Now with your Lego, (laughs) yeah. Now with that Lego Lab, do they come to you every day? Is it once a week? How How does that Lego Lab class work for you? Um, they come here for 45 minute sessions once a week. So it's just like a trip to any other related arts class. Gotcha. That's awesome. Well, I want to be respectful of your time because I know that you are, I'm I'm talking to you on your prep period. So any educator knows how precious those moments and, and minutes are because we rarely get too much time to ourselves during that prep and so i can't thank you enough for taking time to squeeze us in but is there anything else that we didn't cover that you want to make sure the listeners get a chance to uh hear um as we kind of bring this to a close and make sure you still have some time for yourself to keep uh you know your sanity uh in in, in check <laughs> thank you um i do have a little bit of planning to do today so i do appreciate that but um i'm glad i got to come on and share Um, I'll get you some links to, uh, I want to share the Padlet for the, um, Lego candy dispensers that we're making this week with your audience. So they can go take a peek at those. They're really fun. And then my kids are going to be even more excited because more people are going to see their Lego candy. (laughs) Um, yeah, we should make, I should, I should make that a build for the online class. We should actually do a a collaborative candy machine. We should, I, I should introduce that and, uh. You know, we can. <laughs> that would be pretty cool for the kids Link to see. Link to my Padlet. Everybody <laughs> in the world just go post. <laughs> that would be awesome. That was maybe we're going to put together a bonus challenge, a candy machine Lego challenge. That'll really uh, push the uh, the boundaries of a lot of people's comfort zones when it comes to Lego if they haven't been playing with a lot of Lego. I think in the class we have a lot of newcomers, so this would be. Uh, it's good for um, Easter. Easter, yes. you're going to get jelly beans. Now you got a Lego oh, candy. Oh, there you go. Hey, we're on to something. We're on to something here. <laughs> Well, Lisa, this has been absolutely phenomenal. Um, For those listening in, she's going to share a bunch of links and notes. We'll get all that in the show notes for you to check out, the Padlet and and anything else that she has for you to check out. Obviously, we'll put together um, information if you have other questions for her. Um, And I can't thank you enough for uh, taking some time to chat with me. I know this is going to spur a lot of new ideas, a lot of excitement, and a lot of questions for people. And and this is why we do this work, um, to keep sharing the amazing things, because there's people like you and schools like yours that are actually taking the plunge to make it happen and sometimes we need those reminders that um the ideas in our head in our head someone is doing somewhere and so there's no reason for us not to begin that journey thank you yes thank you